I don't care at all to like talk about what I'm struggling with or what I used to struggle with, what's what I'm struggling with now, my weaknesses, because one, it keeps me accountable. Two, it reminds me daily that I need to stay connected to my Savior. And three, hopefully it encourages other people and maybe gives them the courage to say, you know what, I don't want to live, I don't want to live in the dark either. What's up, fam? This is JJ with the Mini Manso Friday. We got a recurring guest today, Dave Willis. Without the wifey, Ashley, you guys might have seen them on Instagram. They're with Naked Marriage and XO Marriage. I, I love Dave so much. I hope you guys enjoy the episode as much as I did. Dave might be one of the funniest guests that we've ever had on. Uh, he really feels like a big brother to me. He is so vulnerable. It really challenges me as a man to step out in vulnerability with my wife, with my friends, and with my community group uh, all around me. So love you guys. Have a wonderful day. And this is the Heart of Dating podcast. Let's go. I love Dave. And Kate is making uh, a nice, what is it, um, intro. I love Dave. We love Dave too. So there you go. I guess Kate is joining this intro for a mini man sewed Friday, which she didn't get the memo to. Love you guys. What's up, fam? I got my man Dave in the house. Dave, how's it going? JJ, man, I am honored to be here. I saw that you listed this as BFF recording, and that just warmed my heart <laughs> because for you to, to like, like let an, an, an old guy like me you know, be, be cool enough to, get to hang out with, with JJ just warms my heart. Well, this, this is a, uh, first of all, I, I feel just as honored. And, you know, Dave, when he replied to me, was just like, honestly, don't even have to record it. Like if uh, you just want to hold an hour on my calendar <laughs> and we talk, I'm cool with that too. I'm fine. Yeah. And others can listen in if they want. It's fine. <laughs> and, um, well, this is actually your second time. You're a repeat guest. So I'm doubly honored. Yeah, well, we don't know if it was because of your wife, you know, and how wise and awesome and smart she was. So I, today's kind of a test, you know. No, no. My wife is the reason why I get almost any invitation. It's like she gets invited somewhere and they're like, you can have a plus one. And then <laughs> I just sort of tag along. So this is one of the rare She's times like, I'm invited somewhere without her. I'm, I feel <laughs> I feel naked. I know it feels weird. I hey, the same thing for me. My wife, she gets all the invites. Everyone always compliments me. And then they look over at me and they're like, oh, and there's JJ too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you're a star. You are a star. I appreciate that. In every way. I appreciate that. Well, you're, I really do look up to you. The, the reason why I asked you to do this episode today is I love following your content. I think even for a single, you guys, you and uh, Ashley would be a wonderful couple to follow just because I, I think it's really nice to have an idea of what healthy marriage looks like, right? And that kind of helps form and shape our search as singles. And I just cannot recommend you guys in XO and Naked Marriage Love. I, I I personally love listening to you guys and um, we'll plug you guys at the end of the episode. But one thing that you do really well and what we'll talk about in just a moment is uh, vulnerability. Uh, and just you're, you're so vulnerable uh, publicly with your guys' life. 
uh, with your emotions and with your feelings and where you might have messed up in the past and, and what you struggle with. And so as far as just like uh, respect from man to man, I told you on the pre-call and I'll tell you again now for everyone, I just, I respect you so freaking much, man, uh, especially in a world like today. Thank you. You, you are, you, you are too kind. I mean, I, I blow it all the time. I mean, I blow it. Even the first time we met in person, I picked the restaurant. I sent you the GPS coordinates to the restaurant. I said, now there are two of the same restaurant in this town. So go to this one. And I sent you the actual address. And then I went to the other one. And wait there for you. After all of that, I sent you across town. And then even though it was my mistake, you guys drove to me. Like I don't deserve, I don't deserve you. You're just too good for me. So like you you're building me up is what I'm saying. And I'm very, very flattered. But in big ways and in small ways, I blow it all the time. Well, as someone who blows it twice as worse and makes even dumber mistakes and decisions, uh, hey, man, I, I I look at you with even more respect because uh, you really are graceful and, and I love being with you. As far as background, um, I, I can hype you up or you can hype yourself up, you know, as far as just like who you are, what you do, kids, you know, being an awesome dad, being an awesome speaker, being an awesome podcast. Stop. Like you want to go uh, in really quick and stop. just... <laughs> no, I mean, uh, we got four boys. Uh, our youngest turns nine years old today. Today is his birthday. And so we've got a nine-year-old all the way up till a freshman in college who um, will turn 19 in a few months. And so there's about a 10-year gap between oldest and youngest. Ashley and I have been married for, man, it's uh, 22 years. It'll be 23 years, May 19th, that we've been married. So that's a long time, you know. That's that's a long. We got it went by quick. Yeah, it went by real quick. It really did. I mean, it's. Uh, we talk about it like I almost feel like we've had. She she says I feel like we've had five marriages so far, all to each other, but like because of just the seasons of life and how different life can look in each season, and with with the moves that we've made and with you know with with kids and different different jobs and different things we were doing, life can look drastically different. But I love that we've done it all together, and I'm. I'm excited for the next five marriages with each other. Um, it's it's um, it's been a fun ride. Yeah, Tim Keller says uh, I've been married to like 13 different women, and all their names are Kathy. You know, <laughs> yeah. in the yeah. course of their marriage. Um, well, and you forgot somebody, right? There's there's one little person who you forgot about as well. Chichi in your in your crew. Chichi. Yeah, our little Chiwini. She is half Chihuahua, half Dachshund, all warrior, all 10 pounds of her. <laughs> She just, um, she sits in the window most of the day and just goes crazy barking at UPS drivers and dogs walking by. And then that wears her out. And then she just naps and cuddles the rest of the day. So she's got a pretty easy life. I saw the funniest meme the other day. and I thought of TT. It was just like this dog standing on two legs with like an AK-47 in an army hat. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> her. Like, yeah. How my dog views himself. <laughs> it's, it's a good thing she's not armed. Let's just... She's all talk though. She barks and barks when there's like a, a, a window between her and something. But as soon yeah. as she gets face to face with somebody, she just kind of flops on her back. I mean, she's she's all talk. It's always the little ones, man. I, I feel like if if I could summarize myself as a dog, I'd, I'd be like Chi Chi, all, all bark. <laughs> <laughs> and then when my wife gets home, I just kind of roll over on my stomach. <laughs> Rub my belly. And, <laughs> yeah. No. Well, okay. So today... Um, you know, I, I think, and I just said it, you're so, you're so vulnerable 
when you speak uh, specifically on your podcast and platform, my assumption was, you know, for you to be that vulnerable, and I'm sure you have deep reasons why. Um, I'm sure you even you're more vulnerable behind closed doors. Uh, I've experienced that to a degree, right? In our lim- limited time together, and it was limited because you sent me the wrong address and we were never <laughs> late. But <laughs> no, no. But even in our limited time, I was like, man, you are more vulnerable than most men I've ever met, and you're also not maybe that traditional guy uh, who's able to talk about your emotions and feelings and weaknesses in such a vulnerable way. Um, have you always been that way? Or is that just something that you like woke up one day and you're like, I'm going to be so vulnerable? I mean, that's a great question. Um, yeah, the really, really insightful question. I don't think I've ever thought about it that way, but thinking about it now, I would say, um, some of the vulnerability is it's a response to how it went really badly. The times in my life that I tried to hide things. And so, like a lot of the, the the chaos and the frustration and the pain that that I have caused in life has happened from trying to uh, keep secrets instead of bringing it out into the light because I wanted to be perceived a certain way or I wanted you know to to for people to not find out about some struggle or sin that I had. Um, I had a secret struggle with pornography for years from my my teenage years into early adulthood into early in our marriage, which we talk about a lot on our podcast. So, you know, I want to hijack the episode talking all about porn, but um, I know a lot of the guys listening are struggling with that now and just want to say, hey, you know, you're, you're not alone, but you've got to bring it out into the light because until you admit that it's a sin, admit, you know, that God's right, that when Jesus said to look with lust is to commit adultery in your heart um, and then bring it out in the light and get accountability it's going to it's going to sabotage you just like a cancerous tumor inside of you it grows and metastasizes until you cut it out until you get it out and i feel like the way god wired us up any form of secrecy that we're keeping inside of us it's kind of like that cancerous tumor it's not meant to stay inside of us and if we keep it there uh it's going to grow it's going to it's it's going to get worse and yeah, cutting it out can feel painful and scary, but it's also the only way to get healing. And so I've learned that the hard way a few times in my life. And so now, um, now I just don't want to leave any room for those tumors to take root. So if I'm struggling with something, I want to talk about it openly with Ashley and with trusted friends, but also on the broader in, in the broader sense. You know, we like you said, we try to be very vulnerable on our podcast and from the stage because. You know, frankly, what we've learned is nobody really cares about um, listening to somebody who they perceive has it all together and has never made a mistake or had a struggle. <laughs> they just kind of roll their eyes and they're like, man, I can't relate to these people and this isn't for real anyway. Right. But when you're honest about your struggles, when you're honest to say, look, this is what I used to struggle with. This is what I'm struggling with now. Um, this is what that looks like. This is how we're working through that. Man, people lean in and they're like, tell me more. And, and it, gives you credibility with folks because they know that you're, you're being real and it it challenges them to be real and to listen to what you have to say. And so with, with the platform we have, um, you know, we, we, we realize it's, it's temporary, like all things in life and we don't own it. You know, we're just temporary stewards of it and we want to be good stewards of it. And so our prayer is like, Lord, for as long as you let us speak to people, help us to be real, help us to be honest and we want you, Jesus, to be the star, not us. We want, because of what we're saying and doing, 
people to fall more in love with you and um, more in love with their spouse and their families to be blessed. And and they can for, they can forget our names. That's that's totally fine. We just want to be faithful with this as long as you give that to us. And then even long after we're you know on a stage and nobody wants to listen to our podcast anymore and all that, we want to with each other the relationships that matter most. We want to continue to model that with our, our kids, our grandkids someday, with each other, of course, because it's just the way that God designed us to live. And I think we're living in a world now where people know all these these kind of deep facts about our life because of social media, because we can curate the story, the narrative through filtered pictures and through what we want people to know. And so we could have a thousand friends that know stuff about us, and yet we might have zero people that actually know us. And so we're just trying to flip that script a little bit and say, listen, it's not about building a platform where more and more people know what you had for breakfast. It's about having some community and having healthy relationships with with your core group where there are people that can call you out on things that that love you, but th- but they're not going to let you get away with junk. And, and, you know, you can sharpen each other and encourage each other and pray for each other specifically, like really knowing what's going on. And, and so we're, we're trying to, to model that because it keeps us accountable to do those things. But also, cause I just think all of us need that God wired us up to need it. And we live in a time where it's, it's more difficult than ever to, to live with real vulnerability. Totally. Now for you, you, I love that you say, I wasn't always this way. Right. Which tells me that, okay, something happened. Yeah. Um, where would you say, you know, you kind of hit that point where like, man, I can't go on living, hiding, not confessing, not being vulnerable. Like, could you walk me through that point where you're just like, because I, I think that's the scariest point, right? As a man who's also hidden sin, yeah, right, yeah. addictions and and things from friendships, from my wife. You know, at times, like, there's always that point where it's like jumping off the the diving board. What did that look like for you? And and what was like that? I got to tell someone I got, I got to get rid of this. Yeah, that's a great question too. I would say for me, a lot of the, um, a lot of the big transitions for me happened, happened in the college years and then the early years of marriage. Cause I got married right after college. And in, in mm. college, I would say like, I went to school when I went to school, um, I went with, um, it was like, I was confident and insecure at the same time. I think, I was insecure in some ways because I'd come from this family that was full of love and, and I felt very loved and accepted for who I was. But, you know, from the family, my dad, my whole dad's side of the family, they were all these like superstar athletes, huge muscular guys that, that, uh, you know, were just elite athletes. My brothers were both like a head taller than me and like great athletes. And that, I just, that wasn't my thing. I mean, I was, I'd worked out and, you know, I'd gotten in pretty good shape, but I just wasn't that, you know, they were, they just had a different build than I had. And I thought, well, if that's kind of like what, what men in our family are about, I feel like, well, do I even measure up? Cause I don't really, I don't look like that. I'm not good at those things. Um, and, and so like, I, you know, I had some insecurities there cause I was just trying to figure out like, well, what is it that I do? Like, what is it that, that I'm, I'm made to do? And I wasn't right. really sure what that was. And so I, I felt like through high school, um, you know, I, 
I had good friends and, and I could be outgoing at times, but I was, I was dealing with a lot of insecurity. And in college, as I started coming out of my shell more and really finding things where I could thrive and, and leaning into my strengths, um, at first I was doing that and it was, it was kind of, you know, connected to, to my faith. But then I think looking back, there was a real sort of just worldly pride, prideful part of me that started to, I don't know, started to hijack things and it's taking some of that attention I was getting. And, and I wanted to, I don't know, I just wanted to leverage it selfishly. And my relationships started to get unhealthy. Um, you know, I'd, I'd always had like, you know, really strict kind of firm boundaries in dating. And I found myself, um, you know, over a stretch of time, making, making a lot of compromises in dating relationships and not, you know, not truly, you know, respecting and protecting and adoring, um, you know, the, the, the women that I was in relationship with the way that God calls us to do. And, um, I don't know. I mean, I realized that I was, I went from a person that I always thought I was the kind of person that would always just help people that because of kind of the selfish, the selfish path that I'd gotten on, you know, I had the secret problem with porn at the time too, which was sort of kind of fueling that brokenness and selfishness that I was like, I was hurting people. Like I was, I was hurting people. And I thought like, how, how did I get here? Like, how did I get to this place where, um, I'm unhealthy and, and I'm, I'm just, I don't know, I'm not in a healthy place. And, and the people that I'm in relationship with, they're not benefiting from, you know, from that at all. Yeah. It's almost like the, I, because I've been there too. It's like, I'm only out for JJ. If I'm being honest yeah. at the end of the yeah. day, I'm only out for me. And the thing about it is all of us can get there quick, but when we're only out for ourselves, we think that it's going to, it's going to make, it's going to make things good for us, even if other people get hurt, but we get hurt because we're just not wired to live that way. And selfishness hurts the selfish person more than it hurts anybody else. Um, and in that season of selfishness, like I, I realized like, man, I'm miserable. Like I'm just, I'm not happy. Whatever I try to do to make me, you know, happy to feed kind of the selfishness more, it's, it's not working. And, um, yeah. And so, I just realized, man, I don't, I just don't want to live this way. Like, I just don't want to, I don't want to live this. I know, I knew better too. Like I knew, I knew that God had a better path for me, but I just made, I just kind of made all these little compromises in different parts of my life thinking like, well, this isn't that big a deal. And that leads to another compromise. And well, that isn't that totally that big a deal either. And um, next thing I know, I'm just sort of living I'm living justifying a lot of things that I just know aren't God's best. And, and it was exhausting and I was just sort of tired. I was tired of it. And, um, so I'd, I'd really tried to, to get, I, I tried to recommit to God say, look, Lord, you know, I just want to, I want to do things right. I want to do relationships, right. Even if it means I'm just not in one, um, uh, because I would much rather not be in a relationship than do it the wrong way and wound myself or somebody else. Um, I just, I just want to do it. I want to do things your way, whatever that looks like. And, um, it was, this was now coming into my junior year of college and I had planned to study abroad. It was my dream. My goal, I was going to go to England and I was accepted into this program. And I was like, yes, this is it. You know, I'm going to go have this amazing adventure. 
And I really just felt like God saying like, no, I, I know that's what you think you want, but I got something better for you. I mean, he didn't say it out loud. I've never heard God speak. <laughs> I've never like walked up on a burning bush or anything, but I just had this sense that he was saying, you got to trust me on this, Dave. Don't go. I got something better for you. And I just couldn't get peace around going. And so I called and I, I turned down the opportunity, which I, I was really frustrated about. I spent that whole summer just kind of frustrated, like, Lord, what's this about? But then on that first day of my junior year of the year, I wasn't even supposed to be in the country. Um, in walks Ashley to the very first class. And I was just like, <laughs> hello. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for holding me back. And um, and really, I mean, I would say, you know, Jesus and Ashley are the reasons for like every every good thing in my life. Um, you know, Jesus for <laughs> saving me and for, of course, all that he does. And then Ashley, for for the way that she loves me and the way that she helps me to be a better man, just by the way that she lives and by who she is, um, it it really did, you know, kind of kind of help me. I wanted to be a better man, like for her. I wanted to be the kind of I wanted to be the man that I knew I could be to earn her respect and to and to earn her, you know, her trust. And so, you know, we you know, we, we started, we started off on our relationship and things were, you know, were great. We did things the right way. Um, I had, you know, pretty much stayed away from, from porn, you know, early in our, our marriage, like a year in, I did fall back into it. And that's when it all came out that this had been a struggle and we had to work through that. But, you know, we had a period really of, you know, several years through like dating and early part of our marriage where, um, we were doing things the right way, still not perfect, but, um, and then, when I fell back into that porn, it was just a reminder that like, no, I don't want to, I never want to go back here. I never want to be that guy that's keeping these secrets because again, instantly it was that self-loathing again. And it was, you know, I don't want to go back into that pit. I, I know how I want to live and this isn't it. And so, um, that working through that together was, I was just committed that like, I never want to keep secrets again. I just, I just now don't. if if Ashley was maybe not the safe like angelic wonderful woman <laughs> right, yeah. that she is yeah. right do you think it so would have been possible for you to be you know vulnerable and confess or do you think it would have well no like I didn't have a, this is the again that why she she and Jesus are the heroes of this story like I didn't have the courage to confess see like I was so wrapped up in just that that secrecy mindset that I was convinced like nothing like Ashley can never know. Um right taking this to the grave. It, yeah. I'm just taking this to the grave. This is just going to be my issue. I'm going to deal with this. And it was eating me up. But I thought, well that's just my punishment. It's just going to eat me up. And um and then she stumbled upon it, you know, thankfully. It was like the worst day and the best day all at once. And this was even long before smartphones. This was back in the dark ages, but on the big clunky <laughs> desktop computer that we had um, Wait, can we, can I make the sound? Yeah, that, yeah, that is, it's a sound. Yeah, that, you know, a, a, AOL, um, you know, the, the, I guess the one positive thing about, um, about, you know, looking at stuff, stuff you weren't supposed to look at back then, as opposed to now is it felt like it took like 30 minutes for like one, one image to download. So it was like, <laughs> at least it was speed bumps along the way. Um, but she found where I had been, where I'd been looking at and, um, it was devastating to her. I mean, it was shocking to her. 
And then she felt all this insecurity, like, am I not enough? You know, why is he doing this? And it, it has nothing to do with, with her, of course, just like if you're, you know, listening and maybe you're a woman listening and you've, you've had a husband or a boyfriend do this. You're like, what's wrong with me? It's, it's never one person's sin is never somebody else's fault. This was totally yes. a sin issue in, in me. And even if you're a woman listening and you're, you're struggling with, with porn, I mean, all of us have to take responsibility for our own actions. And this was a sin that I'd let take root in me. And anytime you let it sin take root and you don't deal with it, just like that cancerous tumor, it's going to keep growing. Mm. And I felt like working through that and seeing the, the, the pain, the unnecessary pain that I'd inflicted on, on Ashley through that sin and then keeping it a secret. Um, I just thought I never, ever want to create space for this to ever happen again in any part of my life, you know, not just the porn issue, but in any part, because it's in the dark places that, that we harm ourselves and others. But if we live in the light and the Bible says we're children of the light, you know, meaning like, let's, let's not keep, let's not like live with all these secrets. It's exhausting. Let's, Jesus already paid the price for it. He let him shine the light into every dark corner of our lives and just live freedom. Cause he's already, he's already set us free from it. He's already forgiven us once we, we go to him and ask. And once you've experienced living that way, it's like, man, I just, I never want to go back. And so now, um, like Paul says, I'll boast about my weakness because in my weakness, I'm strong and it makes, it makes Jesus the star. So now like, I don't, I don't care at all to like talk about what I'm struggling with or what I used to struggle with, what's what I'm struggling with now, my weaknesses, because one, it keeps me accountable. Two, it reminds me daily that I need to stay connected to my Savior. And three, hopefully it encourages other people and maybe gives them the courage to say, you know what, I don't want to live, I don't want to live in the dark either. You know, I want to come to the light too. Yeah. Well, you know, I just found this out. I was listening to like, you know, the master of vulnerability uh, from the secular point of view, which is probably Brene Brown. And um, she's really smart. I just, I just, she's so Anybody that has an accent like, mark over part of their name, you know, they're smart. She <laughs> has that over like one of her E's. Like, oh, yeah. That's such a good point. I, should I, should we add something to our name? We should like JJ with like a little... <laughs> Yeah, or like the Danish, you know, like strike through. Oh, you know, yeah. Through my yeah, two dots above something. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, well, you used a big word uh, when you were talking about cancer. Uh, it started with an M. You know, Met- just... metastasize. It's like when a, yeah, it's like when a can't. When I was like, that's a smart word. Well, <laughs> my you know, my mom's a nurse. I probably heard it from her. But like when it when it, when a tumor isn't contained anymore, and it's like the cancer leaks out to other things. Yeah, that's what that is, and. That's what sin does. It never stays in the in the little box we create for it. Amen. Well, okay. So check this out. The Latin root word of courage actually means this blew my mind to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart. Wow. So think about like the traditional definition of we have a courage today. You know, you think about the the Tin Man, right, or the Lion, and you know having courage. And it's like it's actually to speak one's mind by telling all one's heart, which is crazy. That it's, it's actually referring to speaking and telling and talking good, of man. all of my heart, right? And so when I think about those steps that you just listed, I'm like, it just takes such immense courage. And, uh, and that's why I think, you know, in 2 Corinthians 12, it, it says, my grace is sufficient 
for you. My power is made perfect in weakness, and therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weakness so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I'm like, man, it's crazy because I feel like that courage is fueled by grace. And grace, I heard a great quote from uh, Cloud, Dr. Cloud and, and Dr. Townsend the other day. It's grace begins where you admit your powerlessness. Yeah, that's good. Grace. So I'm like, man, if I'm a guy and I can say, you know what? I'm actually powerless to confess this because I've tried to right, burden it and shoulder it this whole time. And I just, I cannot work up that quote courage. And then I said, but you know what? I'm powerless to talk about this in such a demonstrative, big, clear way, but God's grace actually can fuel that courage. Wow. Yeah. And then I can get to that place where I can talk about and, and actually boast. I suck at, uh, physical boundaries. <laughs> I stink at not, I was in the, you know, I work out every single day and you know, there's women right in form fitting yoga pants everywhere I go. Uh, the more I can say, you know, JJ is actually horrible at averting his eyes and and not double glancing and going. But but the more I can admit that and say yes, but Jesus is magnified in His power. Yeah, the better. Um, That's so true. But my yeah, but my I guess my question is, you know, as far as like the confession of vulnerability, um, do you feel like there's a gender stereotype? Like, is there specifically for men a harder reason for us to share. And the word I'd probably introduce here is, does shame have a different effect on men uh, when it comes to, right, kind of exposing and talking about ourselves? I think about, because you're a married man, right? And most of the conversation here is, is for, you know, marriage, um, but it's also, you know, for men's groups, right? And male friendship, right? And I, I think it's like, I think it's hard to share stuff with my wife. I think it's twice as hard sometimes for me to share with a guy best friend sometimes. Yeah, I, I see that. I That's a great point. Um, before I answer that, I want to give you one one other trick that could help you to not, not lust at the gym with the yoga pants. Yeah. I'm going to send you a picture of me wearing yoga pants <laughs> and it will be so haunting that like, Every time you even think about yoga pants, you instead of being tempted, you'll feel nauseous. And I would do that for you, like just to help you with your struggle as a brother. So, yeah. So just be watching. Man, I if you want if you do that, I'll I'll print it out. I have it on my car dashboard. I'll put it on my yeah. You'll never let me wake up. You, you it'll you'll be <laughs> yeah. immune. You'd be immune to lust. I'll, I'll make it my phone background. <laughs> Kate would probably have some serious issue with that. Why your is phone a background. shirtless man in, in yoga pants uh, <laughs> with an abnormal hair growth? Uh, uh, but I, no, I don't want to sidestep the very important question because I I do think that um, I I feel like for men, I think that most of us were raised in a way culturally in our families where there was this mindset of like, you know, we, we don't express emotion and we don't, that, that emotion, first off, like starting with the emotion part, that emotion equals, equals weakness, right? And like, we, we, I can't show mm. emotion because that means I'm showing weakness where women have always, not always, but they tend to be more comfortable demonstrating emotion as a way to, to just show how they're feeling. Um, and, we as men often get like in, intimidated or uncomfortable when our wife is showing any kind of emotion because it, it's like, 
I don't know what to do with that. I don't want to do that. Um, and, and really in a lot of ways, they're, they're showing more strength in that, that like I can, I can demonstrate that I have the courage. That's a courage thing. Like you said, it's speaking my whole heart, my whole mind, and he's displaying that even. Whereas as with guys, I don't think we like that definition of courage. You know, we like courage, like, you know, let me, you know, give me a sword and, you know, let me chase off, uh, you know, a, a bear or something. Actually, most of us don't want to do that either. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it's like Braveheart. Yeah, you know, we, we want it. We want that kind of courage. But, um, but yeah, I think that the vulnerability thing, man to man, is something that is, it's so, it's so missing because I think that whether it's like the way we were taught or the way that we're wired, most of us have this mindset that if I want to earn other men's respect, then the only way that I can do that is to show that I'm totally in control at all times. And that yes. I don't, I don't struggle because guys who struggle must be weak and they're not in control and, and they're, they're not to be respected. And of course, everybody struggles. Um, but we feel like we've got to, we've got to puff ourselves up and we have to put on this, this mask, um, around other men, or maybe even, you know, around our wives, our girlfriends, um, around the, the women in our lives, because we think, no, 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 the only way to be respected is to show no weakness. And that's just not true. I mean, I think real respect comes from real vulnerability of having the courage to say, I'm growing out, but this is an area right now where I'm, I'm really struggling and I need, I need some, some men that I can trust to come alongside me and pray with me through this, to hold me accountable in this area, to encourage me in this area, to teach me what they've learned in this area. And until we can have real conversations like that, um, we're all going to just stay stuck, you know? Yeah. I would say, you know, it just, I'm like, as you say that, I'm like, I really do look back over my life and I say, Honestly, the strongest men I've ever been around are the most vulnerable men I've ever been around, you know? And I think that's what I probably, you know, what I say, I admire in you. I was like, when I, when I hear you and I see you and what's funny and one thing I actually enjoy about you is, you know, you live in Augusta, Georgia, and you don't golf, <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> you live in the, probably the, the biggest the golf, golf capital of the world i know the world and you don't and you you know you're not like a football guy right and you i think you majored in theater is that right yeah i, I did uh yeah i did it was a communication degree but it had like a, a lot of theater as part of it and okay yeah and um well i said so i came out of that like, still still heterosexual so i'm not sure <laughs> i'm not sure if i wasn't studying hard enough or like <laughs> Now, I love football. I love watching football. I'm just not like I, I don't do fantasy football because I'm like, ah, I don't want to keep up with all that. And I don't yeah. I, mean, I like sports. But, I like stuff, you know, I like a lot of stuff that other guys like, but I'm just I don't want to do something just because it's what people are doing. And like golf, right. like, all my friends play and golf. I, and I've played before. Yeah. It's not like I'm anti golf, but I'm just like, you know, it's just not my thing. It takes so much time. And it takes yeah. so much money and um, I just, 
I'd rather do something maybe, else with four hours. Most maybe most in retirement, right? But yeah. but I would say, like you know, the one thing I've always appreciated is you're you're probably not that stereotypical guy in that many ways. Uh, but when I see you walk in that vulnerability, I'm like, I actually love the fact that because I even think it takes confidence right? Godfidence and who God created Dave to be. And you love walking in that, you know, and you're not trying to be some stereotypical guy. I like another great example that really resonated with me is you're like, I'm actually not the horn dog at nine o'clock at night. Who's like, there's always room for dessert. (laughs) You're like, you know, I really resonated with like, no, if emotionally Ashley and I are not in a good place, I'm actually the one who's like, I don't prefer to maybe have sex. Like I would rather emotionally reconcile and be connected before I'm like, dude, that that's actually me, you know, like as well. Um, so it's not your prototypical, right? Like male, um, you know, appetite, uh, that's just like anytime, any place. I used to think I was that, and then I got married. I'm like, I'm not, but um, yeah, you know, I I do think as I look back over the men and you specifically and, and other men I've been around, I'm like, when I started surrounding myself and being in fellowship and men's groups, men's ministries, men's weekends, where I got to see the big buff guy, right, with his 250 pounds jacked, you know, big beard, big burly man. And he's crying in front of me, talking about right his emotions and his feelings. I just, those are the memories I look back that are just seared into my consciousness of, man, that is true courage. That is true strength. And it actually challenges me. It's like, I walk away and it's like, I want that. You know, like I, I yearn for that kind of vulnerability in myself. Yeah, Do you feel I like do. you experience that with other men? And that was something that you grew in. Yeah, I do think that it's it's something that I've I've grown in, and that I um, that I'm still growing in, you know. And 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 sometimes, like I think I'm the one that will that'll get like too vulnerable too fast in a group of guys in a way that I'm not trying to do it to to pressure somebody else to do it, but I'm just trying to go first to say it's okay, right? It's okay. Like I was. I was at this men's retreat, this like, you know, fishing retreat with all these, these manly dudes. This was like a year or two ago. And uh, I only knew a couple of the guys there, but you know, we're getting to know each other. And, um, and one night we were sitting around this big table and they're like, Hey, let's, you know, like, I forget how they teed it off, but like, talk about, you know, what's going on or what, whatever. And, and so I shared, I, I shared some like, really vulnerable stuff. Like I, I like went first, I think, or maybe second, but I shared, you know, some really kind of vulnerable stuff. And, um, and I could tell pretty quickly that like a lot of the guys there just, they were not ready to share that kind of stuff, you know? So <laughs> they're like, dude, we're deep sea fishing, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, dude, just, let's just, uh, let's just, <laughs> let's just fish and, you know, sip on some beer and, and, and talk about football and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, you know, that's, that's all fine too. But like, like, let's talk about real stuff. Um, and so I had a guy come up to me afterwards because after I said it, like somebody, whoever went next, like kind of totally changed direction and like, you know, brought it, (laughs) brought it out of that. But I had a guy come up to me afterwards and he was just like, man, he said, thank you. Thank you for having the courage to just share something real. Um, he said, I'm sorry that like, 
I know a lot of guys there need need that. They need a safe place to do that. And uh, and I'm sorry that that apparently you know some of the guys there didn't and weren't comfortable with it going that way. But uh, just know that like what you did was courageous and I, and I appreciated it. And so I mean I didn't need that, but I I I appreciated it. I didn't do it for any kind of like pats on the back or whatever. I just I want I'm like life's too short. Life's too short to just go through it and not ever talk about the real stuff. You know, I don't want to get to the end of my life and all my conversations were just about dumb stuff that is surface. It's like, let's, yeah, let's talk about stuff that matters, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'll talk about whatever too, but I don't want all my conversations to just be, be surface level stuff. You know, life's, life's too short. Totally. And I, man, I, I, I cannot agree more. I, I was in that place, right. Of not wanting to go vulnerable and just, I would, and I also love joking, right. I love giving my friends a hard time. Oh, yeah. And I was just like, there is a certain point though, where one, you know, you have to experience it going bad. Like, you know, you joke with the wrong guy at the wrong time and you really cause a lot of pain and you have, I think that's a great experience for guys, you know, to go through, to just realize, man, not every joke is worth it all the time. And yeah. if it's ever risky, I'm just not going to go there. And two, there's just too much at risk. Like there's just too much at hand. The stakes are too high for us to just settle and compromise and be comfortable in just these surface level relationships. Like men are desperate. And, you know, I think about that fishing trip and what your friend told you. I'm like, that is so true. Operate under the assumption that every guy here is desperate for safe space. Yeah. Every, yeah. These guys are craving and dying because they do not have safe space. And not that I'm the savior of the group and I'm going to usher in the safe space. Right. And, but it's, Hey, I've experienced safe space with Jesus amongst other men. And I know it gives life and I love these guys too much for them not to experience the same gift of life. And that's so good. That's so good, JJ. That's the way I want to live. Hey, man, I just need to keep you around because you're just so... I need, anytime I say something, you're like... <laughs> I need to keep you around, man. I mean, you, you're such an encourager. And I love your just the the the, the genuineness in you. And I think that's <laughs> some of the secret sauce for you and Kate both. I think that's part of why people love listening to you guys. They love learning from you. And why your your influence is just going to keep, keep growing is because... People can tell that you're real. They can just tell like, man, they, these people are real and they, they really love each other. They really love the people they're helping. They really love God. And I want to go on the, I want to go on the ride with them. <laughs> Why? Well, I, I appreciate that. I feel the same way about you and, and anything that's good out of this podcast and the words that we speak, it, it is Jesus who's transformed and renewed and brought in hope and brought in compassion and love. Um, I was also just laughing to myself because I need to bring you into like a fight with Kate. And if I say something that's cool or profound, you could just like, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like commentary, just like, a, like a football commentator. Like, all right, how's JJ yeah. going to respond? Oh, that was good. That was, that was that really, was the, really good. Yeah. And then she would just roll her eyes like, who invited Dave and she, to come in? Yeah. <laughs> She's like, can we get rid of this guy? She's narrating our fight. <laughs> <laughs> i'll just i'll just imagine you on my shoulder so my ego can just be pumped up yeah like, that was so good jj that was really That's, really humble so and profound. In, in fights imagine me on your shoulder encouraging you at the gym <laughs> imagine me in yoga pants and i'm there, I'm there to protect gonna, yeah. you man but <laughs> that little angel on my shoulder yeah 
That's so funny. So you're gonna picture that Whoa. in the gym and then just start laughing, and then the people around you are like, "What's that dude laughing?" About? This guy's insane, just laughing. <laughs> um, hey, actually, I forgot to ask you, and we'll close on this. Um, we do these icebreaker questions, and it's a it's a would you rather that I ask every guy guess on here. I love it. And I just I was too excited about our episode, so I skipped it. Um, but we'll close on it. Um, so, would you rather fight an ostrich and hand of claw combat to the death or would you rather fight um a shark and to the death but the worst thing that can happen to you is, is you can only lose a limb of your choice so you either kill the shark but if you lose the the worst thing is you lose a limb now do you have any any weapons or is it just hand the ostrich is like imagine it's gladiator you know, yeah, you're you're, uh, you're in the, the, the dirt, dirt arena coliseum, and it's just you and an ostrich. No, only one of you hand to claw. Out. Yeah, hand to beak, hand to beak combat, right. and sharks. Yeah, same thing. But you're in the water. Yeah, you're de- <laughs> you're definitely in the but water. Like knee deep water, or like waist deep. <laughs> I would say deep? swimming swimming pool, swimming pool. So there's a deep end and a shallow end. Okay, all right, but even the shallow end, you know, is. The the, far, the the shark can be fully submerged in the shallow end, so that doesn't really give you an advantage. And there's no weapon, right? So you're almost <laughs> certainly in that scenario going to lose a limb with the shark because uh, you're not. There, there's no way to immobilize a shark effectively, other than just holding him off by trying to punch him in the nose where his like nerves are concentrated. But then that eventually is going to make you mad. And and if you can't get out, like if there's, is there like a time limit? Like where there's a, no, it's, see, that's what I mean. You either kill that shark or, so you're, so it's basically either, do I want to, do I want to take my chances on being able to kill an ostrich before it kills me? Um, on fighting a shark. Okay. Even though the shark, I, I feel like I'm losing an arm there. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go, I'm going to trust myself and go with the ostrich because even though they're incredibly strong, um, they would have a harder time. They don't have the same weaponry to, 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 to do the damage and their neck provides a great vulnerability because it's so long. And if you could get a hold of that neck, um, and cut off oxygen, just hold on to that neck. You got a lot. You could a lot to put a chokehold on. Um, okay, so you're going for the chokehold. I'm going for the chokehold on the ostrich. Final answer. Okay, it's <laughs> a great. Question. I think that's the most it's been like walked out and deduced. And well, it's a big, that, it's a big decision. People it, don't want to just jump is. right in. <laughs> what kind of guy would just just say something off the top of his head here? This is your life or your arm at stake. <laughs> it is a big decision. I, I think one day, if it ever comes up, you're going to be fully, fully prepared. I'll be fully prepared to, in that moment to walk through it. <laughs> yeah, some some sicko squid game kind of guy like kidnaps me, and they're like, "All right, here's the deal." I would love that. I mean, I'm like, if there's money at stake, I'll I'll do some really, really dumb bad stuff, <laughs> right? For like a hundred dollars. We should do like a cheap version of Squid Game where. It's like, what can we get somebody to do for 50 bucks, 100 bucks, and and uh, put it that, together? 
Yeah, that's my, I love, Kate hates it when I do this. I'm like, hey, would you do that for $1,000? And she's like, no. I'm like, what about five? <laughs> she's like, no. I'm like, okay, 25 tax-free. <laughs> and she's like, this is so stupid. But yes, <laughs> but yes, I would do it for 25. You see, it's not that stupid, right? Because she's got her number. <laughs> yeah. You found like, where her number is. Everyone's got a prize. <laughs> well, bro, thank you so much. I love you, man. And this was so much fun for all hey, of us. Love you, bro. In. Let's connect soon. You pick the restaurant next time and you can send me to the wrong place <laughs> and I'll still, I'll still show up. And <laughs> okay. We just, uh, we, we love a- you and Kate. Congrats on the growing family. And we're just praying for you and cheering you on. And to everybody listening, Thank you, bro. we love you guys too. Hey, yeah, yeah. And maybe we'll, uh, we'll send out that picture for you and your yoga pants. We'll just, for every guy listening who says, oh, right. that sounds great. I, I need that picture. For I'll premium subscribers. <laughs> 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 this is a Patreon only fans kind of hybrid mix. Okay. Or maybe they have to pay to not get it. If you send us $10, we won't send it to you. So, yeah. That is so fun. Well, Hey, what would you pay to not get this picture? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Okay. Thank you, bro. Love you, man. Love you, man.